Uh, so when I was a kid growing up, I used to collect coins. This was like one of my favorite things to do. And actually I took over my dad's old coin collection. So I used to have a couple binders and you'd buy these special leaves and you'd put the coins in these leaves. And I loved looking at all the different coins and trying to get older and older coins. So I was really excited when I finally got, you know, a coin that didn't have Queen Elizabeth on it, but had King George on it. That was a big deal for me. And so coin collecting was this hobby for me. And for that reason, since I was a kid, I kind of liked this gospel. The fact that Jesus also was talking about coins and who was on the coins was something that was kind of exciting for me. And as I've gotten older, I've come to see that this gospel story is incredibly profound. Jesus is doing something incredibly important in this gospel today, teaching us such a fundamental message. First and foremost, to understand this gospel, we need to appreciate the trap that Jesus is put in. And we hear this at the start, right? The Pharisees and the Herodians sought to trap Jesus. And Jesus is put in what they call a double bind, you know, like a lose-lose situation. If Jesus answers one way, he's in trouble, and if he's in another way, he's in trouble. So let's consider why this might be the case. So Jesus is asked, is it right to pay taxes to the Caesar or not? So why is this a trap for him? Well, on the one hand, if Jesus says, yes, pay taxes to Caesar, there's going to be a lot of Jewish people who are upset with him. The reason for this is that many Jewish people at Jesus' time didn't want to pay tax, didn't want to be told to pay tax, because it was a reminder of oppression of the Roman Empire. And even today, you know, we don't really like paying tax, probably most of us. You know, there's that expression, the two constants in life, death and taxes, right? Taxes, though, however, now at least we have a democracy. We can kind of have some say in what our taxes went to. But this, of course, was not anything like the time of Jesus. At Jesus' time, they were not taking uh, censuses. They were not taking kind of elections in Galilee to determine what the people wanted. No, the people at Jesus' time were oppressed by the Romans. They had no autonomy. They had no freedom. They felt really that the promises God made to Abraham, that they would have a land of their own, weren't really being fulfilled. So the idea of paying tax was a constant reminder of this. Having to pay tax to the Caesar, to the emperor, reminded them that they were oppressed. And more than this, paying taxes reminded them of a kind of ideology that the Caesar liked to push. So coins, of course, are not just pieces of metal. Coins try to communicate some sort of message. And we can consider our coins in Canada. What do we have on our coins? We have, you know, a moose, I think. Uh, a beaver on one of the coins. What else? Help me here. A polar bear, isn't there? A loon. So a lot of animals. So what is Canada trying to say by this is, well, we have nice animals in our country, right? We kind of like to promote our nature that is there. But every really country, every empire tries to promote an ideology with its coins by showing who is on the coin, whether it's the king, the queen, the Caesar, they show who is in charge. And the Romans really took this to the next level. So if you look at Roman coins from Jesus' time, the kind of coins that they're talking about, you'll see a lot of propaganda on the coins. The Caesars would call themselves, they'd have their picture there, but they'd call themselves Lord or Son of God or something like this. So using these coins, paying the taxes, for the Jewish people was a way 
that they felt they were pressured into giving in to this ideology that they didn't want to accept because of their faith in God. So Jesus, on the one hand, is in big trouble if he says, pay taxes to Caesar, then some Jewish people are going to get very upset with him. So on the other hand, what's the other lose part of this lose-lose situation is that if Jesus comes out and says, you know what, don't pay taxes. Well, guess what? There's a lot of Roman centurions watching him, listening to what's going to say. There'll be spies who report this to the Romans. And the Romans at this time, especially Pontius Pilate, is really concerned with uprisings, with people kind of going against the Roman Empire. So Jesus knows also that if he says, all right, don't pay tax, he's going to get in trouble with the Romans. So Jesus really is in a very difficult situation, kind of a lose-lose situation. The gospel is so incredible with the way that Jesus gets out of this trap. And he gets out of this trap in kind of two stages. So stage number one seems a bit obvious, and we kind of skip it over, but it's significant. Jesus says after he's asked, okay, should you pay taxes to Caesar? Jesus asked the people who asked him the question, give me a coin. And this is very significant. Jesus doesn't produce the coin from his pocket, but the people who are criticizing him produce the coin. In doing this, Jesus exposes their own hypocrisy. He shows them that they don't really want to know the answer because they're already participating in this system. They're carrying coins around. That means they're going, you know, not to their local Starbucks to buy a coffee, but they're using these coins. They're probably paying taxes already. They have no problem actually using this currency. So Jesus kind of undermines their position, shows their hypocrisy that they don't really want to know the answer. They're already participating in this system. They're really just trying to trap Jesus. But then Jesus really gives the zinger of this situation. After he gives the coin, he just doesn't say, okay, you hypocrites, you're already paying taxes. What's the problem? Jesus gives a very profound teaching and kind of actually tries to win them over and win over all Jewish people at that time with a very important message. Christ says, okay, whose image is on this coin? And that word image is very important to Jesus' answer. So Jesus is told, okay, it's the image of the Caesar. It has the imprint on it. And then Jesus says something very important. Give to Caesar the things that are Caesar and to God the things that are God's. So this word image is central to understanding Jesus' response. Jesus is playing here or interacting with Genesis 1, 26 through 27, where God says, let us make humanity, men and women, in our own image. So that word image is important there. The image that we're made in shows what we belong to, who we're related to, kind of whose possession we are. So Jesus is saying, okay, sure, this piece of metal, it has the image of Caesar on it. Give it back to Caesar. It's just a piece of metal. But the things that are God, what has the image of God on it? Each of us, right? So Jesus is saying, give to God the things that are God. That means give to God your very selves. You belong to God, not to Caesar. And this is a very subversive message, politically, religiously. Jesus is saying, it is not Caesar who has control over you. As many of the Jewish people thought that they were oppressed, they were oppressed, but they felt this was a sign God abandoned them. It isn't Caesar who owns them or who has power over them. They're not ultimately living in Caesar's kingdom, but in God's kingdom. They belong to God. They are God's alone. They're to serve God and not to serve Caesar. 
Even if we go back further to when Genesis was written, there's an even deeper and more profound message to this. The author of Genesis probably is playing with kind of ancient Near East slogans that were used in Mesopotamia. So in Mesopotamia, this is probably six, eight hundred years before Jesus, kings, like Assyrian kings, later Babylonian kings, kings would say that they were made in the image of God. Kings. Kings would write, you know, I'm in the image of whatever their deity is. Regular people, not so much, right? So that idea that all humanity in Genesis is created in the image of God is very radical. All people have dignity, all people have worth, not just the rulers. And so Jesus then is interacting with this as well, that by saying that we are this image of God, which is implied by his response, it's not just Caesar or the Roman rulers who have dignity, but each and every one of us have this dignity. So Jesus then, the second stage of diffusing this trap is by teaching this profound message. Okay, pay your taxes, but give your very selves, your heart, your very being to God. And this message of Christ, of course, has profound implication for our mission as followers of Jesus, is how we go through this world. So on the one hand, it teaches us that we should in some ways interact with society, with government. We shouldn't just kind of break apart and live as hermits somewhere. That could be the call for some people. But by saying give to the things that are Caesar what are Caesar's, we are called to participate in politics, to try to build up the common good, to have a good healthy respect for our country. At the same time, Jesus reminds us that we are part ultimately of God's kingdom, And this is the kingdom that we are trying to build up in the end. We're trying to strive to develop God's kingdom that Christ came to bring about. And this Sunday, we mark World Mission Sundays, which was instituted, let me see, 1926, by Pope Pius XI, not a pope I'm particularly familiar with, but Pope Pius XI in 1926 instituted this Sunday to remind us of our missions that all of us, all Catholics, are called in some way to be missionaries, to be evangelists. Of course, there's those who have given their life to go to far-off lands, but we too live in a mission territory. And this mission, all the popes have reminded us, and we find this in the gospel, is to build up the kingdom of God. And this involves telling people about God, God's love, sharing really what we have experienced with God, the life we find in community, in our church, by being disciples of Jesus. And at the same time, building this kingdom of God means promoting the dignity of all people. That Jesus, you know, the things that are God's, all people are God's. This gives all people incredible dignity. All people are made in the image and likeness of God. They have all inalienable value. We have to work for justice, for peace, for all because of this. So therefore, this gospel really lines up nicely with this theme of Mission Sunday, We remind ourselves that Christ's teaching has profound implications on how we go through our life. So let us then remember in a special way this Sunday this important truth that each and every human being is made in the image and likeness of God. This gives us great dignity, great value. Let us ask the gift of the Holy Spirit to recommit ourselves or to be re-aware of our missionary calling that we all receive in one way or another to build up this kingdom of God where there is peace and justice for all.